This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, there's a quote from the movie Fight Club that goes a little bit like this. Tyler Durden addressing the eponymous Fight Club, and he says, You're not your job. You're not how much money you have in the bank. You're not the car you drive. You're not the contents of your wallet. And you're not your effing fantasy Premier League team. We are the all-singing, all-dancing <laughs> FPL managers of the world. After a weekend like that, I feel like it's important to stress, however you may be feeling coming out of Game Week 34, because uh, there's a lot going on, please understand you are not your FPL team. You're something bigger than that. And I, um, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a little shaky about my game week score, which we can talk a little bit more, but I do want to just stress if this is your first time at uh, FPL club, you have to podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes 24 hours later, unfortunately, that, that was the situation we found ourselves in yesterday. It was uh, around 7 PM Eastern time. And, and as, as listeners of the podcast know, uh, this podcast always comes out Monday morning. That is like the, like the rule of this podcast, I don't care what match is being played on, on you know, on Monday. I don't care if it's you know a, a title decider. Like the always cheating podcast recorded on Sunday and comes out on Monday, and I couldn't do it this time. It was the the ambiguity of whether they were going to play the Liverpool Man United match on Monday or not, whether it was going to fall into game of 35, it made it impossible to do the podcast. There was just no way we could have done it because it, it everything sort of depended on whether that match is even played. And at that point it was, it was, it was undecided. Um, and so we decided to, to hold off and um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just a very, you know, weird game week. And I, and I suppose it was, it was a, probably a relief that, um, that a vast majority of, of, fantasy managers were not on social media this weekend because uh, the uh, meltdowns would have been really, you know, like off the, off the chain, Brandon, as the mm-hmm. kids say, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just would have been, uh, it would have been crazy, right? Because most of us, I had four players in that Liverpool Man United match. I was also planning to meet up Brandon with our friend, producer Trevor. Mm-hmm. I had this whole day set and uh, you know, so it was not fun. And, and it, I mean, I, it arguably helped my team and we can get to that in a minute as well. But it was not fun. It was not cool. And it was annoying to have to wait around to see what was going to happen with this match. Now, this is not to get into the substance of the protests, which I largely agree with. I mean, right. You know, it's sure. sort of a, I, I, I don't like the blazers, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with them doing that. Um, and, uh, so, but you know, it was just from a, you know, there was, a uh, our friend, Andrew Sigal, who's a, one of our Patreon supporters said, uh, the, the super league set out to kill the champions league, but the only thing it killed was this FPL season. <laughs> and I sort of feel like that's kind of like it. There were, I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to come into this podcast being super um, down 
right? Like, I don't want to go on a, like an extended rant about, about all that stuff. Like, what's the point? We're all too exhausted after the last year. I also don't want to be falsely optimistic. Like, that doesn't feel like the right tone either. So we're just, this is a neutral mm-hmm. presentation <laughs> of what just happened. And then, and then but, but most importantly, trying to like move past it and think about game week 35, which now, you know, is as, as annoying as it was that match got canceled. It actually makes for an extremely exciting game week 35 and it makes game week 36 better as well. So if you can, if you can take your lumps with, with, with your, you know, scores in the twenties or whatever in game week 34, then there, there's at the very least some opportunities to claw some of those points back in 35 and 36. And, and some of our really tricky decisions have been, um, um, sort of, East, east, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, what are you, uh, you, 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 so you're up in your new, um, you know, up in Mount, Mount Kelly up there in, uh-huh. uh, yeah. uh, upstate New York. And, um, you know, what did you, what did you think as all this was unfolding? I was trying to get breakfast at a diner with my wife when we were making like one of 100 drives to Home Depot. And Leela was just like, can you put your mm-hmm. phone down for a moment? And, I was trying to I, I I had seen some drips and drabs over Twitter about some protest that was happening at Old Trafford, and it didn't even really occur to me yep. that they might actually be there to try and postpone this United Liverpool match. So when it actually hit that this game yep. could be postponed, it was actually quite shocking. And then, of course, I'm scouring uh, Twitter and BBC. I mean, and Twitter, social media was largely in a, a blackout this weekend for um, fight against racism, which I'm all for. So I was also mm-hmm. going to places like BBC and the guardian to try and figure out what was going on, but it was all largely, they think that the match is going to be postponed. And I'm just like, well, what is actually going on? People are making these allusions to the storming of the U S Capitol on January 6th. And after having a day or so right. to process this, I'm like, well, oh, okay. So if you want to liken what happened at Old Trafford to what happened uh, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, it would be like the Manchester United supporters going into Old Trafford and demanding that Stan Kroenke be put in charge yeah. of Manchester United. So um, I think that I think that's a bit uh, disingenuous. Yeah, I had a moment just at first where it was just, you know, watching people break into a sacred ground and goof around and take photos while the, they kind of just like ignore the police did bring back like a certain kind of like January 6th vibe. But I, I on reflection, I think you're right. And, and honestly, uh, especially after 24 hours and, and talking to some of our friends about it and, and it just sounds like it was honestly pretty, pretty peaceful, all, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, match got postponed. Like, so what? You know, it's sort of it doesn't really I mean, it's annoying, very annoying from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And yeah. but that's the whole point. You could say, I mean, reflecting on the the social media blackout this weekend, a lot of people are arguing, like, what was the point in that? What difference are you actually making? And there's there's such a rush to judge yeah. how people protest. And I'm sorry if a cameraman's tripod got broken. I'm sorry if a window got broken. I'm sorry if a target got looted yeah. in in the search for actual justice. There are re- revolutions happening um, in the micro around the world, and I think that there are there are all these measures of well, um, you could log off Twitter for the weekend, uh, but maybe you're not actually willing to do something more meaningful than that. You can go to a stadium and hold up a sign. What are you actually willing to do? So um, the fact that they were able to actually take broadcasting money out of somebody's pockets by getting this um, uh, match postponed is interesting. The question is long-term as far as, you know, uh, what it takes to get these billionaires out of what we love about the Premier League or club football is, do any of these people actually have the nerve to give up their season ticket? Could you actually empty the stadium during a, during an, uh, during a match in which you could have a full stadium that will be the true test. So um, I think it's, I think it's an interesting news point. What happened on Sunday, as far as the FPL implications, it was um, it was just a massive disaster for so many teams. I'm looking at my team, and yeah, I miss Bruno Sala, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and coming off the bench, I had Matt Target with two points, Gundogan with zero, and Kilman 
Old man Kilman from Wolves. He had a blast from the past <laughs> yeah. earlier in the season. He did get a never have you been so excited to see a defensive one point cameo. Uh, and that brings my game week total yeah. up to yeah. uh, 27 points. I continue to sort of. Uh, I, I There's a Twitter ac- account out there called FPL Murphy's Law, and I do identify with them so much because the last. I don't know, six to eight weeks has has been an exercise for me in what can go wrong, will go wrong. Um, We we had a locker room chat live with some of our followers on Friday. And, you know, you and I were talking about what I was saying on last week's podcast about, listen, I, why, if I'm trying to climb, if I'm trying to even have fun, why did I wildcard into certain template players? So then I moved to Captain Jamie Vardy, I bring in James Madison in place of Jota, and that was just uh, a, yeah. a, a, a damp squib. Um, and no, nothing is really going right apart from my continued love and obsession with Ollie Watkins. And can I say for the millionth time on this podcast that Ollie Watkins has found his level? Here is the promise of Che Adams brought to life in the light of day. Uh, bless you, Ollie Watkins. So 27 points. Can you beat that, Joshua? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 13, 13 goals and eight assists for Ollie Watkins. I, I have to give him credit, Brandon. I mean, three goals and two assists in his last five now as well. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I can beat. Was it 28? Is that, is that what it was? 27, um, 27. I, yeah, Very gracious. I, have, of you. I ended up with 40, 27, 27. Uh, yeah. I finished on 45 points, which, um, uh, I mean, I probably got about as lucky as anybody, honestly. I mean, I, I really feel that way. I mean, it's sort of, I feel like that person who, I mean, I, you know, it's not like it's like my first ever good season, but I feel like that person who like got in, you know, deep into a poker tournament and it's like, you're just like, you know, you're sucking out on a three yard, three outer on the river or something like that. You know, I'm just sort of, uh, um, I, I got kind of a lot of things wrong this week and I, I, you know, I, I benched. I bench Watkins for, um, for Jota, for example. And, uh, now granted, we don't know. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe Jota would have outscored Watkins um, if that match were played, but, uh, probably not. Right. Doubtful. Um, and you know, with the Watkins doubtful. Yeah. And, uh, I went Dallas over Dan Byrne. Um, seemed like a reasonable move to me. Um, and you know, uh, but Byrne, Byrne ends up coming off the bench. Like I got 14 points for my bench. I ended up with 45 points and, I'm um, up to my, my highest rank in the season. looks like I'll finish up about 4.4 K overall. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I it's, I, I suppose, you know, I, I had just wildcarded. So my bench was a little stronger than usual. And so I guess I was, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, um, planning that I can give myself a tiny dash of credit for, but in general, it's just a case of being, uh, extremely fortunate, extremely lucky. And, um, there's really, um, you know, this is, but fantasy is a gambling game and, um, that there's, there's, you know, there's, there's an element of skill, but especially this season, there's a lot of luck involved as well. And there's no point in, in denying, uh, that luck mm-hmm. is, a is a mm-hmm. factor. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about 38 weeks here. Right. I mean, so it's, I, I feel like, you know, it, things tend to even out a little bit, except maybe in your case, actually, where you've been uh, sort of phenomenally unlucky. Brandon. But I think in <laughs> well, general, no, uh, <laughs> it's if, if you yeah. look at, if you really take the, how many thousands of feet do we want to go up to get that top down view? Um, I'll probably finish the season inside the top 300 K. I feel like I've managed my team to, to get to that point. I don't feel like I've made any decisions that I feel like I deserve to be in any sort of extravagant rank. So it is what it is. It just kind of sucks when you're trying to seek out as been our mission this season, seek out the fun in fantasy. And more often than not, your, your fun decisions are greeted with, um, limp, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's I, yeah. I, I'm not being I'm not my fun yeah. is not being fought with fun. I'll I'll tell you that much. So um, that's really the bigger issue. I can't complain. Um, like I feel like Wolverhampton right now, where yeah. Wolverhampton have played a season where um, I, it's one of the more immemorable mid table seasons I can remember, especially a club. And and I'm liking <laughs> yeah, my true. likening myself to Wolves because I fancy myself to be an exciting person. Also spiritually portuguese for some reason i don't know 
Uh, but at yeah. the end of the day, Wolves <laughs> deserve to finish where they finish. I would never say I deserve a, a better rank than I currently have, but um, you know, we're just still seeking out the fun. Yeah, we're still, we're, yeah, and I and I think I mean maybe there's uh, because I, I don't want to like come out. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, overly. Um, down here, right? We're not like, you know, we, we, of course, you know, it's anyone can just walk away. And I, I suspect um, some people probably have on this season. And I think that 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 makes a fair amount of sense. And, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, then then you haven't, um, or you just like to hear me, me and you argue with each other, Brandon, you know, either either way, mm-hmm. either way, you're listening, either way, you're punching that download code, download code whatever you punch punch that download button punch that streaming button you don't even have to download podcasts anymore you just stream it right you just i i don't know they just pop up my phone now anyway um yeah i mean i I think the um if i were to try to find an optimistic you know hook here it would be that um as crazy as the season has been as as much as i i'm kind of honestly ready for this season to be over i'm certainly ready for fans to be back in the stadium we're only two weeks away from that so that's like a that's a kind of a minor thing that I'm sort of looking forward to. And I think I feel like the one thing I will say is I am still excited for next season, right? As long as, you know, as bad and as rough as this has been, everything starts over in August, clean yeah. slate, you know, like, you know, we're all, we all go back to zero and you know, to, to go with your fight club analogy, even further, Brandon, all right. We're, we're, you know, they, they, you destroy all of the credit card companies. Never really made any sense. Right. Because even, even in 1999, those were uh, electronic <laughs> records, right. It wasn't, uh, uh yeah. you know, it anyway, wasn't all, pa- um, it wasn't all paper in a filing cabinet. <laughs> Yeah, did Fight Club secretly take place in like 1947 and we just didn't realize it? Um, God damn you, dirty apes! (laughs) But... <laughs> but um yeah so i'm i'm still excited for next season i i think this this one is a, is a little weird um but whatever it's a game like there's no point in, like talking about like oh is there like an asterisk on this season or whatever because like it's all just like what this is not like this is not important you know it's it's it can be frustrating because we invest in it and and that frustration is is real you know like whether you want to feel frustrated by a fantasy game or not is 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 something that you can talk about with you know, with your wife or, you know, and they can tell you how, how, how much you should not be, sure. um, you know, um, and, and that's, you know, or, or you and I can talk before the podcast and get the, get the real rants out of our system before we come on here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird season. And, and I'm, I'm actually doing, I'm having a great season. I mean, I, I really am. And I'm still like fried. You know, I mean, I'm just like, kind of like, okay, like, I'm like, let's, let's, like, it's like clap my hands together. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. All right, let's go. Come on. Come on well, they, they, they talk about, um, and uh, they, it's, it's going to end in a blur, right? It, it will. And they do talk about this a lot in, um, in news circles about how some of the most, the flurry of activity actually happens after the season is done. When we can move into prognosticating transfers moves uh theorizing about which teams are going to be ready for next season and i agree i totally agree Mm -hmm. with you josh part of the positioning of fun for a lot of us right now it it's it's not you know we've been beating the drum of of uh seeking fun and enjoyment out of fantasy this season and i think we're at the point where it might be okay to accept that maybe managing your team for the run-in isn't going to be as fun as we want to lead you to believe. But I need you listening right now to understand that the fun awaits you after the game week 38 closure, because that's when (laughs) we get that clean slate. And that's when we are reborn. And that rebirth of fantasy managers, I I totally agree. It's like kind of what we live with or live, live, live with. Yeah, we live with it, but we also live for it. And there will definitely be a rebirth <laughs> in the coming season. It's just so strange. I mean, this is the second podcast in three weeks now where we've kind of like gone totally away from fantasy for a minute. Cause it just, you know, it, it's just a weird, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, I, it feels like it's all coming to an end a little bit. Some of the worst of it all, right. Things mm-hmm. are coming back. Rates are down. Like, the world is opened up again. You and I are both vaccinated. Like there's yeah. like, you know, s- steps are being, are being, are being, are being, you know, made. So I, yeah, exactly. Like just, we just got to write it out. You know, like, what are you going to stop watching these matches completely? Like, of course not, you know? And so <laughs> it's, you know, if you can find a way to mentally 
do what Brandon is doing, which is just mentally kind of check out a little bit. You know, you're still going to watch the match. You're still going to follow everything that's happening. You're still going to, you know, make all your transfers. I think that might be the 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 most effective strategy because because uh, I, I mean, honestly, a few weeks ago you were so angry, and it feels like you've kind of moved past. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure how much of that came yeah. through in the pod, right? But I just mm-hmm. I know how angry you were. You were just so frustrated, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and then and of course, like you're an adult, like you know, it's like you don't want to like. You, you, like the frustration is compounded by the fact that you know you shouldn't be this mad, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like 100%. you're frustrated. It's not like you're frustrated because like you didn't get a promotion at work or something. You're frustrated, yeah. and then you're like, God, this is so dumb that I'm even frustrated about a fantasy game. Yeah, I keep coming back again and again this season to that serenity prayer of God grant me the strength to accept the things that I cannot change and <laughs> and to change the things that I can. Um, and fantasy is. Each week, it's a journey to say, well, what went against me, uh, I have to accept uh, the bad decisions that I made to get me here. I also have to accept that I got here in part by um, by bad fortune. And it's a combination of the two. And you could have a you could have a good season, Josh, where I think that you're learning a lot of things in this good season where you're making good decisions. You're you're getting a, a good degree of luck in in tandem, and you're learning of what that how that works. I'm also learning how bad decisions coupled with bad luck uh, can can uh, impact the trajectory of my season. So you know you can pl- complain, you can get angry, but um, what I love about the fact that we podcast every week that we do really dial into the fantasy game is that we're not just here to be casual people in your work mini league. We're here to um, just explore this fantasy game. Why, why is it good? Why is it bad? And we will continue to plumb the depths. I'm trying, it's like, um, it's like we're Mulder and Scully, Josh, the truth is out there. Mm -hmm. We haven't found it just (laughs) yet. I think the only way in which you could say either of the cheaters have found the truth if we be, if we would truly believe it would be if we actually discovered alien life and what i and and the metaphor there would be if either of us finishes in first place overall in the world in fantasy at that point that's like shaking hands with an alien in the x-files world so until that <laughs> moment we will have to continue to podcast let's hold out some hope all right so let's um I hope that was therapeutic for some people. Uh, a rant had to be done. Okay, we had to get we had to get some of that out of our system. Uh, Always cheating Super League. We recorded a day late. We don't often get a chance to do an updated Always Cheating Super League on this podcast. So uh, there's been so many Monday matches this season. So I'm going to quickly read off the top ten in the Always Cheating Super League. Congrats to everybody who's in that league. I think there's more, like more than fifteen thousand managers in there, right, Brandon? So anyone who cracks the top more than twenty uh, actually ten of this is. Is it more than 20, more than 20,000 managers? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Ahmed Badir, Alex Oakley, Max Fideli. Now I'm reading this from 10 to first, by the way. Uh, Max Fideli, Ewan Miller, Abdul uh, Husson, uh, Jan Kepsky, uh, Victor Sandberg. And then the top three is Matt Carvel, Cancelo Culture, a fixture Brandon in the top of the Austrian yeah. Super League. Uh, Dynamo Budapest, Zoltan Vago, also a fixture, and FC Intergalactic, Vigard Knudsen. Uh, and I, I believe some of those managers are in the top 100 in the world. So it, very, very impressive. Um, quick shout out to our Patreon supporters as well. We picked up a number of new Patreon supporters this week, Brian. I don't know if it was my, my heartfelt plea mm-hmm. that uh, new Patreon supporters really cheer us up. Uh, or what it was exactly. But um, yeah, you get, you get down to the end of the season, the, the Patreon support starts to... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, turning a little bit of a faucet drip. So um, <laughs> it was really nice to get a nice little a little, a little burst of, of new Patreon support this yeah. week. So a, a sincere thank you to, of course, everyone who supports the podcast, but um, especially to uh, Ebby Ellsberg and Arani Basu, our new Volkswagen patrons, and Isabel Pike Cook and Jack McGuire, who are our newest Lord Sorloth patrons. Thank you to uh, all four of you. I really appreciate it. And anyone who wants to support the podcast and go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do so. They get an extra podcast each week. They get the weekend review newsletter, courtesy of our friends at Mini's, Mini League Mate. Uh, they get the Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. They also get discounts on merch in the Always Cheating Shop. And they get to talk on Slack with all of our buddies and uh, get made fun of. And uh, our friend Ryan Dagger saw an image of one of the protesters who he said, look, just like me in the crowd. I wasn't sure that was flattering or not. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that you get uh, on the Always Cheating Slack. So we need a uh, whole... Patreon.com slash Always Cheating is where you can go. We need a whole channel devoted to slagging off Josh and Brandon. I think that that, that that's good. That's, you know, we get our therapy each week putting the <laughs> show together and our patrons deserve their own therapy by just uh, tarring and feathering us on the slack <laughs> every day. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk about double gaming 35. This podcast is sponsored by better help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available Expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for always cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash cheating. All right, we're back. Game week 35 kicks off on Friday. Another Friday Lester match. I guess it's two in a row, but they've also they played a Monday last week, so they they haven't played in a weekend in in ages. It feels like it's a it's like a championship club, basically. Yeah, just just play it, just play on a Saturday, guys. Come on, all right. So let's uh, take things off this Friday. They they host Newcastle, and you know the big news, which we should just get right into, um, you know, right at the top of the pod is. Uh, you know, the question here from Seb F. He says, and so this, this, this we're going to treat uh, Game Week 35 kind of like a mailbag. All right. We've got lots of different mm-hmm. questions, lots of different ways to look at it and think about it. Um, and so I'm going to start things off with this question from Seb F. He says, although the p- postponement has been rather disruptive, yes, to say the least, it does seem to have solved the awkward navigation on the doubles and blanks. Do you still think pursuing hit and miss assets like Everton is worth it? Or do we load up on Man United and Liverpool? And uh, Daniel Burbaker adds, uh, how do we handle Liverpool assets if they have, as expected, a double game week? So we thought we knew what we were getting in game week 35 and 36. That is no longer what we are almost certainly getting. There's just there's almost no way that things don't get rescheduled so that what what ultimately will end up happening is a West Brom. West Brom match that was scheduled for next weekend, which would have been game week 36, mm-hmm. gets pulled up into midweek next week. 
So it'll be part of game week 35. Mm-hmm. And next weekend, that is to say a week from this weekend, uh, the Liverpool Man United match that was canceled will, will go, will go ahead as mm-hmm. originally scheduled. Um, that creates a double in 35 for, for, uh, for Liverpool. So they play twice. They play Southampton at home and West Brom away. That suddenly becomes incredibly appealing. Uh, and Man United would also get a double. They would play, which they already were scheduled to have. They're though to play Aston Villa and Leicester. But what it would mean for them is that they now play in game week 36, whereas previously they weren't going to play. And likewise, Liverpool now has a Man United match in game week 36 as well. So before we were trying to figure out how to, have players for this double game week in 35, but a lot of them weren't going to be playing in 36. And now we're sort of in a position where we have our problems kind of solved for us. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what are you, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, based on the, what, what, what will almost surely happen with the, with the rescheduled match. Yeah. My thoughts are for those who recently wildcarded, it's, it's good. And it doesn't actually really change my thinking in that, We brought in Liverpool assets because there was a pretty big upside. They had really good fixtures for the run-in, despite not having a double. We had them. Now that Liverpool have a double, it's sort of like you bought stock and it just split. Good for you. Wise investment. Um, but, But to go back to the question about do we then like zero in on Liverpool and Manchester United as opposed to unreliable clubs like Everton... I don't want to totally turn away from Everton at this point because West Ham and Villa, interesting double. But what you also have to keep in mind is what Everton have in game weeks 36 and 37, guaranteed two home matches to Sheffield United and to Wolverhampton. So I don't think that what the rescheduling with Liverpool and Manchester United has not diminished the appeal of these mid-range assets, whether you're talking about Leicester or Everton. Leicester is slightly different because Leicester do blank in game week 36. But my plans looking at my team going into this uh, uh, game week 35 transfer window is I'm looking to burn minus four to get Lucas Dean and Gilfie Sigurdsson in. That's how strongly I feel about not necessarily I feel like Everton don't seem like a team that's capable of blowing the doors off anytime they step onto the pitch. But I do feel like they're a team that have assets that are capable of delivering consistently over the course of four matches. So you got a double in 35, 36 and 37. So I think over the course of those four matches, Everton players could deal out some damage. They could deliver you points. Um, And that's kind of for me personally, given that I already have invested in the Manchester United and Liverpool assets that I want. Right. You've got four players, right? Do you I think you and I have the same four, right? Is it Bruno, Bruno, Salah, Jota, Trent? Well, so, but that was the faux pas that I made going into 34 was that I sold Jota to get in James Madison. So yeah, it's a classic, right? This is, this is something that was happening to managers midway through the season with COVID cancellations. I remember dumping Grealish and KDB ahead you know, because they were going to blank and then they had to double or some, some absolute nonsense like <laughs> right, this. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I dropped yeah. Jota yeah. because of like, well, you know, no double, et cetera, et cetera. We're moving on. Now Jota does have a double. I kind of wish I had Jota, but at least... I would hope that if you did sell Jota or whatever move you made going into 34, odds are now that you've probably brought in somebody who has a double in game week 35. So yeah. I wouldn't feel too bad about it, too aggrieved. Yeah. And I, I mean, that I wouldn't even call that a faux pas. I mean, that, that's uh, that's just uh, a kind of an unlucky situation, clearly. I mean, Ian Madison have had a, having a double and, and Jota not, at least so we, so we assumed. Um, my So I, I have Jota, Salah, um, Bruno and Trent. And my thinking right now is, well, some of it kind of depends on what happens with the um, Europa League second leg, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Man United play on Thursday in that. And they, um, I mean, now that they basically had a rest, I, I wonder what their lineup is going to look like because they, they they play in Rome. So they have to take it, you know, fairly seriously. Well, they're up 6-2, Josh. Goal cushion. 
Right. Well, no, exactly. So they, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I mean. Fairly seriously, but they're up six too. So I don't know. I really don't know. Like they, I mean, they can't just go out there and play like, you know, just like, you know, the, all the youngsters or whatever. Right. I mean, you have to play like a feel like a real team, but like, I don't know what, who plays in that one, you know? And so, um, I'm not even sure it matters though now because I was a little worried about someone getting, you know, but rotation happened eventually, but now that they've effectively had their, their rotation this weekend, um, I think you might be safe with kind of anybody. And so I'm really looking at uh, Mason Greenwood as one of the transfers I would make this week. Um, so it would be Greenwood. And then um, I actually have two transfers going to this weekend. So Greenwood and then probably a defensive transfer. And in that defensive transfer, I'm a little on the fence about that could be Lucas Dean. I think that, I think you're right. That, that, that could be a, um, an, an appealing pick. I, I would maybe consider Luke Shaw as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem with Shaw is um, they do play Liverpool in 36. And so that doesn't, you know, isn't quite as appealing maybe. Um, and I think for me, Arsenal, Chelsea, you know, I, I really would have considered Castagna, but now that, uh, now that there's a chance to bring in somebody who plays twice in 35 and, also plays in 36 it it, it, it really kind of t- takes away a lot of the appeal to me of having some of those um some of those game week like you know, having having arsenal chelsea or, or leicester players right it just doesn't feel like it's like as valuable to me right because you just don't have that extra week and so yeah i mean maybe you're right i mean honestly like dean kind of makes sense west ham aston villa away um and then they have, yeah sheffield loves at home um I think Southampton, I think we can just kind of, I mean, credit to them. I, you know, in some ways I almost feel like the best thing that could have happened to them in that match was having that red card 15 minutes in. Like, I I really don't think they were going to win that match. And then once that red card happened, it was like, it was just a siege at that point. And And I don't know about you, but I had this kind of. I I just feel like there was a moment where they were like, oh no, we cannot let history repeat itself because Lester have hammered Southampton time and time and time again with these early red cards. And it was as a Vardy captainer, and I'm sure Ian Acho captainers were feeling the same thing. When that early red card happening, you were just like rubbing your hands together, just gleefully like here come the points. And, um, you know, Hassan Hoodle, you know, he only cries on the pitch when it's happy times. And he didn't want to cry on the pitch when it was a sad time. So I'm sure he rallied the troops and said, not today. Um, so, yeah, the, I guess credit <laughs> to them. I mean, uh, not credit to Lester for not putting away the numerous chances no, that they had. An extremely unimpressive two points dropped. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, they probably should have made a like a substitution like 25 minutes in or something. Right. Because clearly like the way they had they had set up was not working. And um yeah it was just yeah i mean i, I don't want to get I, I guess we don't need to relitigate that match but I, there was a moment because I, I was kind of with you i kept in the this weekend and i had a moment this weekend where i was like okay like um you know after the red card i was excited and then like about 10 minutes in the red card you're like oh my god this is gonna be one of those yeah. matches yeah. isn't it you know like the <laughs> the red card siege match you know mm-hmm. which happens sometimes sometimes the red card happens and the team just gives up but i think i think that usually happens when it's like the 62nd minute you know mm-hmm. and I, I there's something about like the early one where they're like uh, it's like they're it's early enough that they can kind of change their their mentality a little bit or something and so yeah anyway um yeah. And so regardless, I mean, so, you know, Castagna was someone I'm, I was seriously considering. And now that that just feels a little a little bit less appealing to me. And I, I think I'm I think I'm with you. I think Dean is, is maybe the way to go there. But I mean, having something like five players between Man United and Liverpool, that that seems right to me. Now, here's here's the one uh, the one spanner I, I have to throw in here, Brandon. Go on. Which is what if this happens again? <laughs> like, What if it happens again? Like, are they going to do another protest? Like, is this. Like, are we going to lose another match? Because that would be like, can we talk to somebody? Like, can we have a, a Man United supporters group member on the podcast or something to be like, hey, are you guys going to do this twice? Like, should I be captaining Ianacho instead of uh, instead of Salah this weekend? Because um, you guys are going to get another match canceled. Like, I mean, I, I don't really know. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's possible, right? It is possible. Sure. Um how I, I you would you would guess though that security is going to be insane around Old Trafford for that fixture, so supporters could come with the best of intentions, and it's sort of like um, I was listening to the ser- the new season of Serial this weekend, and they were talking about local elections and how local elections 
if they're so close in the primary, they have to go to a runoff. And mm-hmm. the problem with runoff elections, Josh, as I'm sure you know, is that turnout is insanely low because people who came out for the original vote were like, I already voted and you're not going to get me to go out and cast the same vote twice. <laughs> so right. my expectation right. is if there right. would be a push for a protest again at Old Trafford that you get few, a, a lower turnout and the police presence is going to be off the charts so the, the idea that this that this game is and again, as we stated at the start of the podcast, it's not like we don't fully support fans um, banding together and standing up for their club and all that. But the odds of this happening again in, in a week's time feel slim to none. Yeah. So let's say you don't have any Liverpool assets and you're just starting completely fresh. Let's say you're on a wild card or something like that. Um, I think that Salah is a must. I think that Jota now is in that kind of, I like looks dangerous, gets a lot of shots. If you have him in your team already, I wouldn't burn a transfer to take him out, especially now that you have the double, but I would probably be more inclined to just get Trent and Robertson and just, and just double up defensively. Yeah, I would, I totally agree. I mean, I, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit, as I said, not having Jota, but there has not been a millisecond where I've considered trying to get him back. I think for me, the most important asset going into this double, and this is kind of LOL flashback as somebody who triple captained Mo Salah in a double earlier this season. I do still think that Salah, I mean, God, just look at these fixtures, Southampton and West Brom. For Liverpool, no. a, a team that has yeah. all the all the impetus in the world to push for six points in game week thirty five, and for all for all the personal accolades accolades that uh, Saul's going for, so a captain on uh, that to me is a really interesting question. It's yes, you need Salah, you want Salah. To me, the interesting question is who are we captaining because. You could look at Bruno and Sala and um, and Vardy and Iannaccio, uh, but Mo is just feels like a real linchpin for thirty five. I think so too. I'd be shocked if he wasn't the most captain player. And, and again, we're operating on the assumption that the, this is all going to get rescheduled the way that we've talked about it. But it, 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 this is like we're sort of in that territory that you get into a lot with these doubles, where it when there's only one logical way for things to go, it. it usually does you know pan mm-hmm. out that way and so i think it's safe to, to operate under that assumption like the site has not been updated yet but i we all sort of think it's going to play out this way i'm with you i think that uh most will be in the being the most captain player this week i think that uh in some ways that does open up some possibilities though too i think that if you are um this is uh, opens up a I, I think it would have been more wide open uh if if, if not for that i think that bruno and vardy and ian Acho and others might have split the uh split the votes so to speak and mm-hmm. i think now um i think i think sal is gonna be real, a really popular captain pick and i think that if you are um you know willing to take a little bit of a risk i think that bruno now suddenly becomes a a good captain pick i think that um Iannaccio definitely right i mean if only for that newcastle match at home right uh, on friday i it's just hard to imagine him not getting returns in that match right so um, and then if you were able to get anything away to Man United, then you're looking at, um, you know, really big game week. So I think that, I think, you know, he's, he's a strong contender. Um, yeah. And I, but I, am with you. I mean, I just think the most solid is like such a, uh, like he's going for the golden boot. He, I mean, they play West Brom in Southampton. They have nothing else to play for this yeah. season. Um, uh, there's, you know, they just got rested basically. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's, um, that's when just... does Ramadan end Brandon. Wow. Talk about putting somebody on the spot. Um, I, I will, while you're looking that up, Josh, I'm going to put that one, I'm going to throw that one back in yeah. your face. I'm just going to say that everything you described about Mo Salah is just fantasy catnip. And Salah has been a bit of a, a pit, a pitfall, a minefield, a, a, tra- a trap mm-hmm. this season where sometimes it's, it's really paid off and other times you're just like, wow, why have I bet on this Liverpool team that has been like Arsenal levels of flaky? Yeah. But it like everything is kind of aligning for a Mo fantasy. And I'm not going to say a, a Mo Hall because I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but it's all lining up for Mo being a really great play in game week 35. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, by the way, uh, Ramadan ends. Um, uh, at sundown on Wednesday, May twelfth. Okay, so 
If that West Brom match gets moved to midweek, Brandon, mm-hmm. it would fall, I suspect, on Wednesday, May 12th. So, of course, right? I mean, this is just like, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so um, that is most likely what, what, will, what will end up happening. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of interesting. Um, and and their, their match on Friday is at, or excuse me, on Saturday uh, is is the late match. And so they put 8-15. Um, although that is late enough that that might actually be after sundown. So he may be able to like have one of those like disgusting, um, gels, you know, those like weird <laughs> protein gels. You know, oh, you don't like those? I'm just, I'm, I'm popping those all day, Josh. I'm sitting in front of my laptop, uh, checking email and just popping those gels. I should, I should start doing that more often. All right. So, okay. Bruno, uh, as another captain pick, I think that he's another option too, because, um, had a great match, um, you know, at home to to Roma, two goals and an assist. Looks like he finally recaptured some of his form. Probably won't play in that second leg. At the very least, I don't think he's going to play a full ninety minutes. No way. Um, yeah. And we all know that. An inf- an inf- yeah, no way, right? And, mm-hmm. and an informed Bruno is uh, um, is a great fantasy asset and a great captain pick. So um, I think that you know, if, if I was twenty nine points behind first place in one of my many leagues. Um, and you know, there, I don't know, like, and I wasn't like trying to hold on to second or hold off somebody else or whatever, but I was just, if I really had a chance to go for it, I think that a Bruno captaincy or any natural captaincy is hugely appealing. Uh, just because I think if you are in first place, then Salah really is the logical, smart captain pick. And, um, I don't know. We, we just, I know we just went through this with, with Kane and son, um, you know, and it was sort of like, all right, Kane is the captain. You've got to go with Kane. I'm not even talking about game week 34. I'm talking about um, whatever it was, game week 32, when when they had the double game week, uh, 33, I guess. Um, And, you know, we kind of went back and forth. And in the end, they ended up scoring equal points, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just just never know. You never know if someone's going to get injured or someone's going to Mm -hmm. um, just perform better, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, speaking of Sun, by the way, um, there were some questions about what to do with with Sun. You know, I mean, we can just talk about Spurs in general for a second here. Um, you don't have Sun or Kane right now. Now, is that are you are you thinking? Is that something you want to change? <laughs> do you want to change uh, and bring in a, bring in a, a a Spurs player at some point? Maybe not in thirty five, but thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. Oh yeah, in thirty six. Yeah, I the I I got I got. The, the sirens called me into the Leicester striker double up with Vardy, Vardy and Ian Nacho on my wild card with this double in 35 in my mind. And that coupled with the Harry Kane injury at that time of wild carding led me to get rid of him. Not having Son, you know, I think we we had talked about this the last couple of weeks where Kane just felt so much more integral than uh, than than Son and of course Son and Bale go and leave Kane entirely out of the the spoils in Game Week 34. But yes, the plan for me and and uh, the thing that the thing that um, is paining me right now is I very well might take a minus four going into 35, and it's going to require a minus four again in 36 for me to get Kane in for Vardy. So. There may be a way for me to, to to not go super hard on the on the double and thirty five. Not take a minus Just keep four. Minus four in it, man. Just <laughs> I mean, why not? Four, why four, not? Four. I don't know why. <laughs> why? I, why I'm so hesitant? But I guess to answer your question, Josh. Yeah, Kane coming in in thirty six, and I'm not. Yeah, sure. Son, son, great pick. Bale. I, I can't wrap my hand around, around it. Like Bale has been sent from Spain to destroy my FPL season. Thank you very much. I have no other comments yeah. about that. Um, but Son and Kane, very appealing. <laughs> Just look at the Spurs run in they, starting in 36, Wolves and Villa at home, and they finish with Leicester. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like, yeah. it's not... It, Villa and Villa in particular has a defense that can be tough to break down and Spurs have not been their best in terms of just like breaking yeah. down really good defenses. So I could see a case where you're just like, you know what? I, I don't need I don't need this. But the fact that there are these blanks in 36, yeah. especially the ones that impact my two strikers at Leicester, I, I just see such an opportunity with Kane there. 
Yeah. I mean, same with me. I mean, it's just, it's just so logical, right? I mean, yeah. it's just like, it's such an easy move to, to do that. And so, yeah, that, that's my plan as well. Um, and I, I think, it, I think it just makes the most sense. I think if you have Kane already, uh, which, which, you know, his ownership was, uh, shockingly high. I have to say in the top 10 K, I, I thought that more people would have dropped him, uh, for Vardy. It felt like that was very in vogue for a minute, but he had, he had 180% effective ownership, wow. uh, going into this weekend. I was terrified of that Sheffield United match. I don't know how he blanked. I mean, talk about luck this season, like K- Harry Kane blanking in that match with 180% EO and me not owning him is like, is even luckier than me getting uh, that that Watkins uh, goal and bonus, two bonus points off the bench. Um, yeah, it's super, super lucky. I mean, the thing about him is he does when, you know, he gets these ankle injuries every year now, unfortunately. And, uh, I, you know, the one of the reasons I dropped him is because it does usually take him a couple of weeks to to shake those off. Right. Like he sort of um, he's not he doesn't quite come back. He's not the same old Harry, Brandon, you know, when uh, when he comes <laughs> yeah. back from those injuries. And so <laughs> and so but I'm hoping by 36 he is. I think if you have him already, I wouldn't try anything elaborate. I wouldn't do um, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't take him out and bring him back in. Uh, I mean, I think that the Leeds match is is um, I, I don't know. It just seems like I mean, first of all, like Spurs kind of destroyed Leeds the last time they played them. They they just scored four goals at home to Sheffield United. Harry Kane was not involved in those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I suspect that he is going to be very goal hungry going into this match. And so I think you just you just stick with Kane, especially because that running is so good and don't waste a transfer. Um, you know, don't don't let don't let double game week blindness get in the way i think that i would just i would just stick with kane there mm-hmm. um right i mean do you do you disagree with me there would you would you try to move him in and out no yeah no kane kane is only good for one more move this season either you're bringing him in or you've got some sort of seismic change to your team that involves getting him out uh, there is there's no hokey cokey. I mean, there's an interesting question here uh, from the Dork Lord who says, with Kane and Ianacho still locks for most people, what are the third striker options you would consider? And yeah, if you're considering um, either alternatives to those strikers um, or you want to know who lines up with them. I mean, I was I was shouting out Ollie Watkins as I, as I do. But you look at Villa's fixtures after the double in 35 and it's Palace, Spurs, Chelsea, I feel like maybe Watkins race, maybe run FPL wise. The, the things that stand out to me is although he, he like, it's like weirdly one of those players is weirdly like at his best against really good teams. So like, who knows? Right. Like it's sort of, um, I don't know. We, we, we define, we, 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 we drop Watkins, Brandon. And uh, you know, like we, we have to, we have to, we have to deal with that risk. We have to bring that to our, to our God, you know, and, and <laughs> drop you know, Ollie at your own peril. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were, you really yeah, went biblical. Thank there. You. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, I, what, you know, we don't record on Mondays anymore. I'm, I'm suddenly remembering why, because it's a, uh, <laughs> it's totally different recording after a full day of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we we're uh, our, anyway, our batter, on, our battery power in our, in our bodies is a little lower, but um, I think a takeaway from game week 34 and there's a knock on effect to Jesse Lingard is Mikel Antonio is back. And if you're looking for a differential striker, if you're looking for a yeah, potential a alternative point. captain option, they have Everton home. They do not double in game week 35. They have that Everton fixture, but really compelling fixtures for West Ham and the run in with Brighton West Brom and finishing with the home match against Southampton. So Antonio back fit feels like a fun third striker option and and chris wood pff, we already did our yeah. woodcast last week i don't think we need to reprise that can't do it again we we just no, can't no, so you know like, me. yeah yeah so that that that's it even though they do have full um <laughs> yeah scored again they have Fulham in 36 or in 35 i meant to say and they finish with Sheffield united chris wood could be one of those um albatrosses that managers have to carry to the finish line here where you have him now. You've reaped the rewards, uh, but it it, mm-hmm. it could be tricky for the run in for him. Yeah, I, I I think I think so. Too. I mean, he's just I don't know. Like Wood, it's like congrats to everyone who had him. I no, I'm not even going to do it, Brandon. I'm just I'm not going to go down the Chris Wood route again and have that conversation. The Antonio thing is, I mean, it's funny because Antonio is kind of in that same category. We just like bringing Antonio at your own risk, right? Like he's just sort of always in the verge of. Uh, of another injury. Uh, it's so frustrating. And so maybe I'm just going to, I mean, I'm just going to write it out with Watkins, you know, just, just come, you know, 
leave the party with the girl you brought or whatever, right? There's an expression, something like that. <laughs> at Dance your own peril. You Dance with the girl the at your own peril, Josh. <laughs> your own peril. Um, all right. So let's let's do a couple. We actually talked about hit taking already. And so I it's a good one here from Emil Seedlick, Brandon. He mm. says, which defender has the best fixtures till the end of the season and is playing in both game week 35 and game week 36? Now I'm going to make this trickier for you because I am going to eliminate <laughs> Lucas Dean. Okay. Because okay. you've already talked about him. Yeah. So if you go past Lucas Dean, what, what is the second defender that has the best, uh, the best fixtures that also plays in 35 and 36? Well, I mean, the other piece of low hanging fruit has got to be Trent Alexander Arnold's who has a really appealing double in 35 mm-hmm. and then does play away at old Trafford in 36, but finishes the season with Burnley and crystal palace. So there you go. I'm going to pick the most expensive defender yeah. on the board. <laughs> Otherwise though, Josh, could I talk you in? You've got a, yeah. Could I talk you into uh, the problem with crystal palace? Here's the thing is their defense is very, it's weirdly rotation prone. It's like Scott Dan, Chekiote, Kiate is not even, he's an out of position defender. I think he's actually a midfielder. So that doesn't do you any good. Mitchell and, um, yeah. And the Dutch guy, why am I blanking on him? Uh, Van, uh, Van Dutch guy. I can't remember. Van Anholt. Van Anholt. Yeah. Our, yeah, our, 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 our rotating. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you got, you look at these crystal <laughs> palace fixtures, Sheffield, a double with Sheffield United and Southampton followed by Villa Arsenal and Liverpool. Not terrible. No, it's true. It's just, there's something about bringing a crystal palace player this late in the season that just feels wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and will, will Zaha apparently has like a, like a possible injury too. And so, I feel like as Zaha goes, so goes the team, you know, mm-hmm. although I suppose that that is useful in a sense because, um, okay. So Crystal Palace, I mean, the, the problem is, yeah. So I was, I was like, well, maybe like that, make, that means you want to have a defender who played Crystal Palace, but the, the teams that play Palace are, um, Southampton and, um, Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United. Yeah, right. So terrible. that's, that's a big, that's a big, uh, that's a big stay away there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. But then if Zaha's off the if Zaha's off the pitch, does Hodgson then bring in another defender? Like they don't have any other attacking players. I don't know. I, I I guess like the point is, I agree. Crystal Palace is if we haven't talked to them up to uh, talked about them up to this point, then uh, let's not let's not start now. But um, yeah, I, I think the the other defenders that look appealing, like on good teams. Leicester and Chelsea, they both blank in 36. So that's an issue there. You could say, hey, you know, Burnley are are pretty good for a defense. They have Fulham. They have a single, but they do have Fulham in game week 35, followed by a home match against Leeds, mm-hmm. which, you know, Leeds goals have dried up like, like nobody's business at this point. And maybe you have to bench your Burnley defender in 37, but you get to play them with pride in game week 38 when they are away to a relegated Sheffield United. So Burnley, Burnley defense might be flying a little under the radar at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really, uh, I guess we're just going to be talking more about Chris Wood, Brandon, all season long, <laughs> just uh end the podcast yeah, yeah. with 10, 50 minutes of solid Chris Wood talk uh, every time around. Um, all right, let's do one more question here, okay? This is from Timbo. He says, is it time to move on from City players? The pepper let, even affecting Diaz, is a worry for the run-in for me. Yeah, good question. I think you and I both resolved. Actually, you are still, you got kind of, that was another thing that hurt you this week was uh, <laughs> was, was all the yeah. City stuff. So what, what you have, you still have two City players. What are your thoughts on, on City at the moment? Yeah, this was probably the biggest mistake I made on my wild card was just kind of punting on the city decision. And I feel like this could have been predicted. This should have been predicted. And you think the the league is I kind of resisted this take that the league was clinched. Champions League is the focus. Even if Diaz yeah, we're regularly starting and he'll probably he'll certainly start more than he doesn't start for the rest of the season. Gun to one on top of that. The problem with Manchester yeah. City is you just look at this palace fixture 
over the weekend and who returned. It was Aguero, Ferran Torres, and Mendy. These are three players that we would never, ever have in our fantasy team. And um, the the points are just beyond spread out with City right now. And um, they are not... There, there was a point in time, you know, very not long ago, Josh, where City were spreading the points around, but they were also scoring four or five goals per match every week, and that's just not happening this season. Yeah. They've they found a different way to play that is as effective in terms of winning winning trophies and all that, uh, but it doesn't involve scoring a lot of goals. So I think the way I'm considering City now going into Game week 35 is just jettison them all. Luke um, Lucas Dean will be coming in for Ruben Diaz in 35. And I, it, it's it's weird. Gundogan is my fifth midfielder. And you're almost looking at him like not that's too much to be spending on a fifth mid that I won't play. It's almost like I bet I could get a better midfielder than Gundogan right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think there are some... That cheap midfielder bracket for the doubles, I actually think is there are some possibilities there. And even someone like James Ward-Prowse, I have to say, is one of those... I feel like every double game week, there's one player who costs less than $6 million that becomes one of the highest-scoring players that game week. You know, it's always like somebody who... You know, it'd be like... Um, Oh, I don't know, like some, you know, in Golo Conte or something, you know, like somebody mm. will just like randomly get 19 points mm-hmm. uh, in the double. And I, I think that Ward Prowse, uh, you know, may, could, could do that. I mean, you could see him scoring a free kick or a pen at Liverpool and, 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 you know, and then doing the same or, or, you know, getting a, you know, a assist on a corner kick or something, you know, home to Crystal Palace. And so I think he's, he's somebody that, that I think uh, uh, you could consider, you know, in that, in that kind of like cheap Gundo replacement bracket. Yeah. And uh, Q Eves Basuma coming in for a 20 pointer against Wolves yeah. and being the classic single game week player in a double. <laughs> it could be Basuma. Maybe it's, uh, oh, God. Is there anyone in Palace? Like, there really is no. I mean, I, Christian Benteke, I guess, right? Obviously, he's a forward. I do, love, uh, I do love Eze. Yeah, Eze in the midfielder. And if, if, if Zaha is out. That's true. That's, know, that's fair. Yeah. That's as, fair. As, a, as a can, you know, he's. He's still, I feel like Eze has had a decent enough season for what's been asked of him at Palace, but he's, if he has a little room to breathe through the home stretch, I think he's got a lot still that he would like to prove. So yeah. that's an interesting, like massive punt, but a fun one. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Ward Prowse as a, these are, these are interesting. Even Sigurdsson, who you talked about briefly before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Sigurdsson is interesting. I, I, I didn't like the way he, I didn't think he looked great um at the weekend and and he got pulled the 70th minute or something like that that threw me off just a little bit um but i i I like him as well i think i actually would have been going for him uh, had it not been for this this double announcement i think as it is i'm I'm just sort of on that mason greenwood uh i'm on a mason greenwood kick brandon because i i Mm -hmm. I mean what i like about him too is that he can play both positions right like he he's been playing as like a false nine but then you can also just play him on the right Mm -hmm. and i think either way he's in such good form that it's hard for me to have to imagine him getting quite a lot of minutes um, in these in these next two matches, and so um, yeah, he just seems like a fun like a fun. He's pretty cheap too; he's only seven million. So I think my plan right now is to go is is to actually drop Sun. Uh, just no, uh, you know, no for like the fifth or sixth time this season, Brandon. I'm going to be mm-hmm. dropping Sun uh, and bringing in somebody with a double, and then and then also moving Barty to Kane in game week 36. I think that's. That's where my my head is at right now. So, uh, yeah, let's see. And or you know, maybe I should just have Son and Kane. Like, wouldn't that be there's something that's kind of appropriate, right? About just ending the season with Son and Kane, right? <laughs> just like seeing it out, yeah, it's, with it's, the boys yeah. one last time. It's like uh, it's like the Lord of the Rings, Josh. It's there and back again. The journey home, Homer Homer esque fantasy <laughs> exactly, football. That's what we're exactly. all about. All right. Well, that is that is Game Week 35. We'll be back on Thursday with our Patreon preview podcast. So we'll have uh, lots more information to share. I assume we'll have confirmed double Game Week news by then as well. So uh, thank you to everyone for listening, though. And uh, if you once again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, and uh, yeah, Brendan, do you want to do a quick thank you to our producer patrons? Absolutely. Big thanks to our producers, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, 
to Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kai Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merge, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadankas, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjoria, Ram Frosk, and AJ. Don't forget, never miss an episode of Always Cheating by subscribing wherever fine podcasts are found. And you can give us a rating and a review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. That is my challenge to you. Maybe Patreon is not your bag. If you just want to say a quick thanks, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's a big deal for us give us a follow anywhere you get social media we spend most of our time on twitter at hail cheaters and find all this information and more josh at our website www actually now josh when you go online and look for a website are you still typing in http uh colon double double <laughs> forward colon slash, backslash yeah, yeah, oh, of course uh, of yeah course. yeah I, I knew that'd be you so if you do that do, a, do all that mumbo-jumbo, and when you get to the point where you have to fill in the actual address, it's alwayscheating.com. I think you can remember that. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Poker forever. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.